if humans are naturally drawn to learning, why doesn't everyone enjoy school? If everyone has unique gifts and talents, why do some people feel dumb, depressed, and insignificant? If you want something different, you need to do something different. Welcome to the Element is Everything podcast, where we discuss real-world experiences, research, and strategies around finding your element, what it is, how to do it, and how to support others in developing it. Please welcome your host with over 30 years experience in public education and independent learning, Terry Novacek. Imagine having the interest, talent, and attitude to be your best you. While all that sounds great, there are times when even though your interests and talents do come together, you might feel something is still missing. And then you realize, I am just not enjoying this. Do you ever find it challenging to truly put your heart into the work you do? Well, rather than questioning your interests and talents, think about your environment and or maybe the people that you're engaging with. Today, we talk with Earl Adi, lead manager for Community Montessori, who developed the school's middle school program from the ground up. While initially one might think this is a man with decades of experience as a teacher, you'll learn it was actually a more diverse path that brought him to this place where he experiences joy on a daily basis. Hi, Earl. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Where should we begin? Um, I think possibly if we spoke about, um, you know, living in England and deciding to leave teaching, because that was probably the, that was a low point. That was, that was sad. Uh, You know, I didn't, I didn't do it happily. Um, and I did it because uh, just sort of sheer frustration with the with the system, with the with the people I worked with, with, with the children's behaviors, just all those things. I just felt that I just had to 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 do something different. And there was a part of me too that wanted to know, like, how did I truly know that teaching was my element if I didn't try something else? So I wanted to be. It, it was sort of a, an idea that. I felt I could always come back to teaching. I didn't know it would take me that long or be that hard, <laughs> but it was nice to, to go, okay, well then let's see what it's like doing something else apart from teaching. Do you remember what drew you to teaching originally? Um, you know, Terry, it was the funniest thing. I was, I was a senior in South Africa and we had a visit from um, the state education department back in the day. And they just had a conversation with, with a group of seniors saying, you know, there's a, there's a teaching shortage um, just kind of putting it out there if any of you have ever thought about teaching and I didn't um, I hadn't really thought about it so much and I kind of thought well it's somewhat interesting I didn't really know what else I wanted to do with my life and so I thought well it's kind of interesting I- I'll think about it and then um, then my dad told me that his father uh, back in Germany had been a teacher and, and they were kind of proud you know like wow look, our son's going to be a teacher and, and so they were proud of that too and then I just sort of got into it. And then once I started the program, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this, this is me. But, but the initial entry wasn't sort of anything, you know, super passion. It was more just a, oh, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Let me, let me investigate and, and kind of see, see where it goes from there. So are you saying that your teacher training went really well? Yes. And, and that's what made you feel like my, you were- my, my, my teacher, like I didn't, like, almost once I started, I was, yeah. And I, and I think the more I told people, and then people gave me that, 
oh, Earl, like we could see you as a teacher. Like, oh yeah, totally. And, and that was sort of a like an affirming thing, right? Being being surrounded by people who who said, oh yeah, we can we can see you doing that. And so you you feed off that positive energy for sure. So you're in your element and you're in England and something was wrong. What, yeah, what yeah, was wrong? for sure. So I was doing um, substitute teaching, um, you know, and it, was, it paid really well. I mean, it paid really, really well. Um, so that was, that was wonderful. But it was just, um, it just got to the job of feeling like you were babysitting children. Like, you know, you just got there, give them this worksheet. Um, I worked in some of the real tough schools, you know, emotional behavioral difficulty schools, um, I tended not to moan. So at the end of the day, the principal would always say to me, are you available tomorrow? Can you come back tomorrow? Um, well, sure, I can, I can come back tomorrow. Um, and I just, you know, I just sort of witnessed this um, disillusioned kiddos, disillusioned adults, um, tons of admins, you know, they had um, like their sort of state officials coming in and doing all these inspections and demanding this and demanding that and paperwork. And the overwhelming vibe was a negative vibe. Um, and it just, I just got to the point where I was thinking, this is, this is crazy. This isn't teaching children. This is, this is babysitting children. This is just getting through the day, making sure that one kid doesn't fight with another kid. This is just making sure that, you know, you get out of there, not alive, because that's a bit traumatic, but um, it, it really just, it, it, there was no, um, you know, I'd loved it back in South Africa where, where I first taught high school, but this was just so different and so disillusioning. Um, and, and I think that kind of coincided with that idea of, well, maybe I should try something else just to be sure that that teaching is what I, I want to do with, with the rest of my life. And so where did you go from there? So I then started looking around for another job. And there's some very smart people in the business world who know there's a lot of disillusioned teachers. And when you start kind of looking for it, they, they find you very, very, very quickly. And so... Um, and they're very good. You know, they advertised it as a, as a, um, uh, a seminar to work in the recruitment industry. Um, and, and I went in there blissfully ignorant. And, and really only on the day that I sat down did I understand that I was actually in a sales job. <laughs> it was just, I kept thinking, oh, no, I'm going to be, you know, talking to people over the phone and we're going to be discussing the best job for them and what, you know, what, what meets their emotional needs and what meets the company's needs. And together we're going to make this you know, great match and everything's going to, you know, and then suddenly I got there and it's right. You've got to make, you know, a hundred phone calls a day. You've got to get these accountants. You've got to get six interviews lined up a day. You've got to get three offers a week. You've got to get two closed every week. You, you know, there were all these metrics on, on the board and, you know, your calls were being counted and, uh, you know, the, the office was just full of, you know, the people rang a bell when they, when one of their um, candidates matched one of the, and they made a job offer and things like that. And, um, it, it was just sort of, I, I can't remember pinching myself after about three or four months going, I'm, I'm in sales, like it's called recruitment, but, but, but I'm in, I, I'm in sales. Um, and then circumstances just sort of took over and, and I, I was pretty good at it, um, which helped. And so, you know, was making some decent money. Um, then, then we, we won the green card or well, Sam won the green card. And so we were able to come to America and, at that point, I said, this is the perfect chance. I don't want to be in sales anymore. I'm super excited. And I came to California, found out how to become a teacher. So I did my C-Best um, straight away. And then I started trying to find out like, how I would clear my, you know, get an American credential from, from my South African and, and UK paperwork. And it just seemed an insurmountable mountain. It just seemed so difficult and so so many hoops and so many 
things to do and I needed a job. So I got another job in sales and um, literally ended up for seven years in, 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 in recruiting at a company down in Del Mar. Um, and, and I can't complain because I did well and, and we were able to buy a house and we started our family. So there was nothing wrong with that. But I was never, never truly happy. It really felt like waking up every morning, hating Sunday nights. Sunday nights were, were the worst. I would just be like, oh, it's all starting again. Um, and that literally being in a cube, you know, and, and just how many phone calls have you made? How many offers do you have? And, and it, was, it was just draining me away. It was absolutely draining me away. So then I decided that, you know, I was thinking of doing something different. And so I tried a different sales job. I left that one. And I went to work in outside sales because I thought, oh, well, maybe not being in a cube. And um, I worked for a company called Aramark and we went around selling coffee and tea and water to, to businesses and things like that. And I literally changed. And about two months later, the Great Recession struck. And so I was going to people and saying, hey, how about putting a Starbucks coffee espresso machine in the break room? The guys are, oh, we just laid off 30 people today. Like I can't, I can't you know, get a Starbucks coffee machine. So the timing was, was awful. And um, and so then I got laid off from that. And then that was, that was low because it's the first time I'd ever been laid off. And it really, it was hard not to take it personally. Like it was just like, wow, like, you know, who am I? What am I going to become? How am I going to look after my family? Um, luckily, I got a super supportive wife. And she said to me, she was the one really who said, you know, I think you should go back to teaching. And then I remembered my teaching in England. And I said, no way. Like, I, I don't want to go back to teaching like that. That's just not what I imagined teaching would be like. Um, and then, of course, you know, we started, she turned me on to the Montessori thing and um, we met Shannon Rheingold. And that's when it just, I decided I, I'm going to do this. And with her support, and I started working part-time at Fallbrook Montessori. Uh, I was the school handyman and I worked as their upper elementary assistant. So in the, in the mornings, I worked as the upper elementary assistant. In the afternoon, I was the school uh, handyman, come janitor, come painter, um, whatever it could. And then um, I was also working uh, with Shannon and Dehisa at that time uh, in the afternoons at Montiel doing the Montessori, like the front desk and the, and the after school uh, program from, from there. And just straight away, like the whole vibe was different. Like the, the people that I was working with were, were, were engaged. They were caring. They were um, like, I never felt like the guy on the front desk. Like it was just like a, a, a part of the team. And, um, you know, and the parents and, and the kiddos, it was just my, my brain was just going crazy uh, with it all. It was so, it was so fun. Um, and then we started talking about um, the push came from the families. What about a middle school? You know, we love the Montessori program. How can we, how can we have our kids stay for longer? Um, and that's when I found the, the adolescent program and, and, the, and the rest is history. It, it really, after that, I was just, um, you know, and so now gone are the, the, the Sunday evening dreads gone are the um, like it, it's the why for me is just naturally fulfilled. Like I don't, you know, some days are worse than others. Yes. There's stresses. Yes. There's tough times, all those kinds of things, but I'm, I'm grateful now for having done that whole sales piece part of my life because I can always look back at that and I can go, no, like the, <laughs> the, right. the word day teaching that doesn't even come close to the best day being in a cube and, and, and trying to sell, uh, you know, jobs to people and people to jobs. So right. yeah, for sure. You know, something I've seen about listening is that 
So you're saying that your South African teaching experience was good, but the one in England was bad. But, you know, as we humans do, sometimes it's that bad one that's sticking out yes. in the in the forefront of your mind when you think about going back to teaching. Yet you're talking about in today. Yes, you, you know, there, you've got to take the bad with the good and the good just really outweighs the bad for you. And uh, for sure. For sure. And I think it's 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 so many levels of of goodness that I appreciate. I appreciate the the, the kiddos uh, that I work with, and I appreciate the, the staff that I work with. And um, you know, now and again, obviously, like in an organization, you do come across those people who you go, "Whoa, energy vampire!" You know, be careful of that one kind of thing. But but that is that is the exception, like really, really the exception. And and it's just so much easier to to. It's so much easier to come to work. Like I, I don't even, you know, think of it as work. My wife will often say, like, "Oh, like, you know, like you're going back to the school on Saturday." Well, yeah, like it's it's fine. You know, and my kids will come with me, and and it's just a, it's just a part of um, of of who I am. Like it just it doesn't even cross my mind to think of it as work. It's just this is this is what I do. This is what I enjoy doing, and and that's 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 the why. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a really good feeling. Um, and, you know, in Montessori, they often talk about the flow, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, when you don't know how much time has passed, you don't know what's going on around you. Um, oh, yeah. I literally feel like that virtually every day at school. Um, and it's not because I'm feeling overworked or overwhelmed. It's just, oh, my gosh, the day's come to an end. The children are leaving. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> did, I, did I do everything I wanted to do today? Like, you know, so... Um, whereas I can tell you those days in the cube, man, I would look at my, my watch and I go, really? It's only 11. Like, are you, are you joking right now? So, um, I, I know for me that alone is yeah, like this year, it's already March. I'm, I'm, and this is the COVID year with all the craziness and all the wackiness and everything. And I, I'm going, where did it go? Like, how, how did it go? And so, um, th that for me is, is a sign of, of that kind of happiness and satisfaction when you're not marking time. When you when you are not aware of time, then it's kind of yeah you're you're in the right place. You know, a common theme I have seen with all of these positions you've talked about is that idea of um, you know even when you're doing recruitment, you're you're matching needs. You know, mm -hmm. you're matching things up, and and I'm realizing just because I know what you do at Community Montessori, that's the same thing you're doing with those kiddos with the adolescents, yeah. you know, you're, you're yes. developing they, learning plans around them and helping them. Absolutely. They're, 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 each one of them is unique. Just like you're, you're, you know, my, in, in England, it was accountants in America, it was nurses that I was working with, but they, they are, they're, they're unique. And what might be a great job to one, it was not a great job to, to another, another person at all. And, and, and it is the same with, with the students. You know, I, I think it's a great idea. We should do this video. Some of the students are horrified. They couldn't think of anything worse than, than being in a video and, and being in front of their peers and being on video. And so, no, we got to try something something different with with them as well. So, yeah, it's a matchmaking game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All righty. Well, thank you. Um, anything else you have for a 10-minute tidbit for people that might be looking for their element in all the wrong places? I think, and, and what, I, what I've told some of the 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 folks who've come to us as learning assistants and, and, and have, have contemplated, you know, maybe taking the next step is you, you don't know until you take the next step. So, so many people want to know 
like where what is that final endpoint going to be and you know it's it's cliched and cliches are there for a reason i think but i know now that you know i could have people could have said i was crazy to go and get a job as a handyman and the upper elementary assistant and i don't even remember what i was getting paid but i'm pretty sure it was just above above minimum wage um but i didn't know at that point that i would end up teaching middle school Montessori. I didn't know middle school Montessori actually existed at that point. Um, and I am so grateful and glad that I did do that then, because if I hadn't have taken that small step and, and, you know, each journey begins with a small step, right. And, and, and it's, it is just so absolutely true that um, you, you can't always end up with the final goal in mind. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to know if you do know, and, and you should be working towards it, but sometimes you've just got to start. Like you've just got to say, you know what, like I'm, I'm doing this and then I'll, and then I'll see where it takes me. I might end up with uh, some person. I might end up with another person. Um, I might end up with one career. I don't know. It, it just absolutely depends. Um, so for me, that's been, and that's something I'm trying to talk to, to my own, my own children, not my school children, my own children is, um, you know, my son's, uh, he's going to be a senior next year and he's kind of unsure what he's going to do. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Like you'll you'll take a you'll take a step, and that step will lead you, and you will meet somebody who will who will you know introduce you to somebody else. Just be open. Just be open to to all those different things because um, you just never know. Um, you know, like I, I always think I always look at Shannon so fondly because I, I know she was someone who, who who was so instrumental in starting the program in the beginning, and I'm like, wow, that is just fantastic, and that that her. Uh, children were at my wife's school and so we were able to connect with her like these connections that you make like you just have no idea um how they're going to end up and you just got to be open uh, open to them so just so crucial absolutely it makes me think of what they say about edison you know and how many failures he had and he said well now i know how many ways that it doesn't work you know same thing each thing you try well now i know what i don't want to do <laughs> yeah which for sure, a step and, closer to what you do want to do. Yeah, 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 and and it's something I see so much with the with with the students. You know, some of them are so reluctant to to start because they don't know where they're going to finish, and, and it's it's just a an interesting thing for them just to say, get started. You know, here's your blank piece of paper, just draw a line, and, and right. let's see what happens. Yeah, it's good. Well, thank you, Earl, very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Earl Adi is an example of how not only you, but others benefit when you operate in your element. Finding his element has helped his family, his students, his, his students' parents, his co-workers. It's a fantastic domino effect. Even after years in the practice, you can hear the joy in his voice when he talks about what he does. You aren't truly operating in your element if you're not experiencing joy. So think about what lifts your spirits. Ask yourself, why do I choose to spend my time the way that I do? In what ways might success pay off in dividends of health and happiness rather than money or grades? In what ways can I bring my purpose and passions to the work I do? Look at your list from episode one activity where you spent some time thinking about your interests, your talents, and your desires. Now reflect on your current environment and the people with which you spend your time. Do they support the items on your list or do they create roadblocks for you? 
would it make more sense to adjust the lists or to adjust the environment and the people? And while we all know there's limits to how much we can change our current environment and the people that are part of our daily lives, there are ways we can change the way we view them, and there are ways we can find opportunities to experience new environments and new people. In what ways can your current environment and people, as well as the new ones, bring you joy? Next week, we speak with a family who used their talents and interests to make the best of a life circumstance when they learned their son was on the autism spectrum. Please join us for Episode 3 of 4.